over under 0.5 punt <laughs> returns allowed. Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview Georgia's matchup with Georgia Tech. We talk through what we're looking for in the game, and we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out the newly redesigned MyGotAPodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at MyGotAPodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at OxiaTime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. John, last game of the regular season. Can you believe it, that it's here already? What a crazy, crazy situation. <laughs> um, I did not I did not anticipate that it was going to go by so fast. I mean, it feels like just yesterday we were talking about needing to record for the, the first game of the season. Yeah, being like, hey, maybe we should record again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> time flies when you're having fun, right? That's, like, that's true. We've had, a, we've had a lot of fun this season. This has been a fun, this has been a fun season, I feel like. It has been. Remember like in 2021 where we were having, we felt like we were having to remind people like to enjoy it because there was so much like, frankly, I feel like it was like quarterback situation dread and everyone, you know, and it was like, hey guys, like maybe you should enjoy this and stuff. Um, I don't feel like we've had that problem so much this year. This has been like, like collectively as a fan base, this has been a fun season. I would say collectively in the fan base that you and I are around. Yes. But I've seen (laughs) pockets, there's pockets of... There's pockets of uh, dumbassery, uh, if you will, all over the place. But um, Georgia is certainly not immune to to that and hasn't been immune to it. I mean, you've got your fan that sat behind you that disappeared throughout the season. So that was yeah. a dark that was a dark spot in the in the season. But for the most part, um, I would say that particularly in our circle, like God bless, you know, Georgia Twitter and all the friends and, and family that we've 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 made uh, over the years um, through you know, through that medium, um, yeah. the tailgate squads. Um, I have really enjoyed the season personally. So, uh, yeah. and it's not over. So we, that's, that's the beauty of this whole thing is that the season's not over. That is true. <laughs> the end that of the is regular true. season. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, I was, I was sitting around trying to decide what does one drink for clean old fashioned hate. Uh, and so I decided to drink an old fashioned john uh so this is like a it's like a uh barreled you know pre-made cocktail uh that's got buffalo trace in it let's see that i didn't i I couldn't quite see the 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 label yeah Um, the buffalo trace it so it is buffalo trace uh it says handy in schiller signature cocktails i've never seen that yeah uh so it's from it's from new orleans um but the bourbon in it is uh buffalo trace interesting yeah that's pretty cool it looks yeah. fancy. It is, John. It is. Only the fanciest over here. <laughs> I mean, it's got all the metal scripting and whatnot on it. Right. Right. I went with uh so I I, I have I have the, the last the last final touches of it. Mm. My elite my elite full tilt. Um just dipping into that one again. I, I was gonna put the finishing touches on uh on what I've got here. Um I actually went into my into my shelf and just I started pouring a little bit in and I was like, hmm, well, this would taste like with a little bit of that. And then I was like, what so I, I just have like, a, you remember when you were a kid and you went up to the, the soda machine and you just got like a little bit of everything. Yes. So yes. I just hit, I just hit for the cycle. It's like, it's kind of like an infinity bottle um, 
of, of what I have right now kind of thing. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Oh, that's funny. I didn't, use, I didn't use the super fancy stuff, but most of most of what I have in there outside of like the 107s and Weller 12s and, uh, you know, uh, E.H. Taylor that I have. I, I didn't pour any of those in here, but there is some Weller Special Reserve in here, which is nice. Nice. Well, cheers. Cheers. Uh, well, um, we got uh, got the enemy this week. Um, the nerds. The nerds uh down on north avenue trade school uh all the things <laughs> uh i uh you know the, these guys this is where i get into my old my old man thing of um you know the kids these days i, I know we'll say like oh like why do we even play them um you know like it's not a rivalry etc but uh if you've walked in in my shoes and even i feel like john for you like you getting your two years. So, okay. So, cause I'm basically like a year older than you, but I was two years ahead of you in school because of calendar school calendars and birthdays and stuff. Right. Right. So like for you, like, yeah, we lost to tech your freshman year, but like, that was it for you in college. Right. right. Like, and then, yeah. So like for me, like we lost to them my first three years of college. <laughs> so, well, we uh, also, we lost to them after college too, which I feel like was even worse. Yeah. Like, then I had to deal with all the people in the business world. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like true. if you if you've never if you've never experienced a Georgia Tech loss in the state of Georgia as a young professional or mm-hmm. you know, as a as a as a person that's that's around tech people, like when I was in school, I was fairly insulated. And at the time, like honestly, like until last year or two, cell phones really weren't that big of a thing. Like not mm-hmm. everybody had cell phones back then. Mm-hmm. So like my connection to my tech friends that did go to school down there. Um, or I actually had a, my, one of my best friends went to the Savannah campus. Um, but uh, yeah, like it wasn't super, it wasn't super um, prominent, but like after you graduated, after you graduated school and then like obviously cell phones and social media and yeah, uh, now it's like, Oh my gosh, if we lose, <laughs> if we lose, you're going to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I did. I mean, you know, for me, like in school, my kind of like core high school group of friends, at least like we kind of split 50, 50. And so we used to actually like go to the games together in college. Like we would tailgate together before in the game and like meet up after the game. Um, So it made for some interesting uh, post game uh, discussions. We'll say John conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you know, I was super level-headed um after some of those losses in college wasn't there wasn't there a georgia tech story in your in your arsenal about you like leaving the stadium or something yeah like the jasper game i like the 1999 jasper's down like i was so mad i was so mad i just left the state i mean like the game was over but like i just left the stadium and like the people who are with who i was with were like where'd jim go and i was like wandering around atlanta uh and eventually showed back up uh kim was actually living at georgia state at the time and we were dating and like I showed up to her like dorm and she was like, why don't you calm down a little bit before you come inside? <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Not my best moment. <laughs> my, was, how the, my how the turns table. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, I was, I was 19 years old. I don't know. What can I say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. man. All right. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we dive into the matchup? Um, so we got a night game uh, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Uh First night game at Georgia Tech since, and we talked about this, I believe since the We Run This State game back in, uh, what was that, 2009? 
Um, I'm pretty sure that was the last time we had a night game at Georgia Tech. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So uh, at Bobby Dodd Stadium, as they call it, uh, you know, historic Mark Rick Field, as we call it, or maybe it's historic Hyundai Field. Uh, not quite sure. Um, but the dogs come in 11 0, 8 0, number one in all the polls. Georgia Tech is six and five, five and three in the ACC. So they are bowl eligible um, already with their, uh, they met, made bowl eligibility last week with their win over Syracuse. Um, the broadcast crew, so 7.30 night game on ABC. Uh, we've got Sean McDonough, play-by-play, Greg McElroy, and Molly McGrath uh, on the crew. Uh, the official hashtag, uh, John, I will set a reminder. Hashtag UGA versus GT is the official hashtag this week. Um, the series all time. We say that uh, we lead the series 70, 39, and 5. But as we say on my got a podcast, it's not a rivalry unless you agree on disagree on the history uh georgia tech says they went they have 41 wins in this series that may or may not be some foreshadowing to something we'll talk about in a minute um last meeting uh the dogs won this game 37 to 14 last year in athens uh the weather for those who are going uh, so if you're going to be down atlanta like tailgating it's going to be high of 61 between like two to four uh but it'll be 54 at kickoff but it's going to dip down into like the high high 40s uh during the game so uh be a little chilly uh bring your bring your jacket for sure yeah all right JP, hit us with the fun facts fun facts okay so obviously like i mean most everybody knows about what's going on with with georgia georgia tech right so mm-hmm. i don't have too much um today other than to say that um you mentioned uh, georgia state um earlier in the conversation which i find a little a little humorous okay. um do you know what georgia state's connection to georgia tech is mm, i mean i have like like they used to actually let georgia state students do certain things at georgia tech i do remember that but i, I don't know where you're going so so georgia tech had a what's, what's referred to as the evening school of commerce um that started classes in 1912 um in 1931, the Board of Regents, they transferred the control of the Evening School of Commerce to UGA, um, and they moved the civil and electrical engineering courses at UGA to Georgia Tech. Tech replaced the Commerce School with what later became the Business School, but um, the Commerce School that once was eventually became, it, it eventually became uh, Georgia State University. Oh, I did not know. Um, so UGA would eventually like relinquish control of that Evening School of Commerce and the remnants of that split um, eventually became Georgia State University. So Georgia State University was born from Georgia and Georgia Tech <laughs> offloading, <laughs> offloading its, its setup, Interesting. <laughs> which, I find, which I find quite, quite humorous. Um, the other, another fun fact, um, which school do you think allowed women to attend first? Between Georgia and Georgia Tech? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have thought Georgia, but am I wrong? No, you're right. Okay. We 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 allowed 12 women enrolled at UGA in 1918. The first women to enroll, um, the first women to enroll at Georgia Tech, 1952. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Which is crazy. Like, yeah. That 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 might be why there's just so few women that on on Georgia Tech's campus. That was like the joke growing up, right? Like, there's just yeah. no no women at Georgia Tech. Because right. they didn't let them. <laughs> <laughs> <Go there. laughs> 
<laughs> you're victims of your own being own creation techies <laughs> right right yeah seriously anyway those are those are a couple of my fun facts um i did I, there is actually a, a current events situation that uh that might you know tie in a little bit um one of the more famous alumni from uh from georgia tech was uh jimmy carter right mm-hmm. <clears throat> well jimmy carter's wife just passed away so i did see that um that was uh I think wasn't it like yesterday? Yeah, I think she just mm-hmm. she just passed away yesterday. Um, so that was that was kind of a more recent thing, um, as far as the fun facts go. Um, but yeah, I won't I won't bore anybody with alumni that graduated from Georgia Tech, but um Yeah, nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about them. Bunch of nerds. <laughs> um we do have we do have Hasty's history segment. Yes. Yes. Which is which is very interesting, and it's going to actually touch on some things that we have mentioned uh, earlier in the season, and I'll get I'll get into some of those details in just a second. All right. Okay. So this is this is Hasty's Target History. The Georgia Bulldogs media guide shows asterisks next to two games: the 1943 and 1944 games against Georgia Tech. These asterisks were put there in the 1950s by Dan McGill. Georgia's legendary tennis coach, sports information director, and historian. Also, general badass. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, Carter. Uh, (laughs) The question we should ask is why these asterisks are still there and whether they should remain. Did you know that there were asterisks on the program, Jim? Did you? I'm not a big program watcher, so this was news to me. I did. I mean, and this is so. This is the the discrepancy in the record. This is why we say, like, and actually. So there may be an asterisk on the record, but if you look on like georgiadogs.com, we list like those two games basically don't exist in the all-time mm. series record. They're not even there. Got it. Well, I'm going to get, we're going to get to why those asterisks are there. The U.S. Navy established technical training schools at universities across the country after the U.S. entry into World War II. The V-12 program allowed officer candidates training for specialized service roles to enroll at colleges and complete a shortened course of study and then eventually enter the active service as a um, as a junior grade officer. So I believe it's a second lieutenant is the formal term for that um, military buffs. You can you can check my math on that. Um, Georgia Tech, due to its focus on engineering, was selected as a V twelve school, and Navy personnel enrolled as for, as full time students as part of that program. This allowed the Tech athletic program to have its pick of healthy, able-bodied men enrolled at the school. Eligibility requirements had been suspended for the duration of the war, so many of the men enrolled as V-12 students had played college sports in their civilian lives. The Navy took over most of what was UGA's campus in 1943 to establish a V-5 program in which naval personnel went through pre-flight training school but were not part of the regular student body. The remaining students enrolled at UGA were either women men completing courses of study to then enter the military, uh, men were too young under the age of 18 to serve or physically unable a 4F draft status um, for service. The Bulldogs athletic teams were able to draw from these students, but not from the Navy cadets. So let's, let's, this is, this is the part that I want to touch on from what we've talked about in in the fun facts from, from before as, you know, as, as Jason Hasty has gotten us into is digging into some of the history here, right? Mm-hmm. So many of the universities that we've played have all been land grant universities. And you generally speaking, like part of the land grant like university status, the V12 program was kind of connected to that to a certain degree, 
the V12 program was this long list and you can look at it online. There's a number of different categories. Uh, University of Tennessee was selected as like a medical one. I think that UGA was a, a medical one as well, but like basically there's a long list of, of universities that were selected into the V12 program. And what that means is, is what Jason is saying here is that basically you could attract people into into the school that otherwise normally wouldn't be allowed to go or accepted or even really consider going, but they were there for the V12 program that the government was basically sponsoring for people to get access into the military. And they were basically trying to build their officer candidacy for, you know, basically war prep, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's part of the entire engine that the United States of America basically kicked into high gear in World War II like basically a whole revolutionizing of the entire industrial complex and militar militarization of the country. Um, so the asterisks are because they basically had an unfair advantage being a V12 school. I think that that's kind of the, the takeaway here. I don't know. How does that sit with you, Jim? Yeah. So, I mean, that is, that is the takeaway. I, I think, um, you know, what Jason was kind of like, his point was basically that like, we made the decision to continue athletics like we could have not continued. But I, I had always heard, you know, that we didn't honor those games. And when I basically heard that it was because Dan McGill decided not to, I just assumed he had a good, like, he's right. It's <laughs> he's Dan McGill. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, like knowing the full thing, I mean, like, we entered into the contest. So like if gonna, we didn't want to play them, maybe we shouldn't have played them. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to paint, I'm going to paint some color for you on this as well. Okay. And it might help to hammer some of this home. Um, I actually went back and looked at the final rankings in the college football, you know, I almost said college football playoff. I went and looked at the final rankings for college football during these years that the V12 program was enacted. So mm -hmm. it basically went from 1943 to 1946, basically. If you go back and look at the top schools that are in like the top, you know, the upper echelon of college football during that time period, you'll see a lot of V12 schools are in the top of that program. The yeah. one, the one variant there is going to be in 1946, a team from University of Georgia with one mm. Charlie Trippy. Mm. Yeah. Um, but every other every other like year you look at like Notre Dame was a V12 school. They had national champions during that time period. Army actually had a national champion during that time period as well, which duh. Um, because right. they were they were able to draw from everybody. Um, you saw like USC was up in there. Um, there was there was a number, like basically I I went and kind of cross-referenced like who was ranked in the top 10 and who was a V12 school, and pretty much every single one of them was a V12 school in the top in the top teams. And Georgia Tech was amongst some of those two, uh, some of those as well. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the difference between like FBS and FCS almost, you know, like 1A and 1AA. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's that, it's, it seems like it was that big of a difference back then. Yeah. I mean, especially back then, right? Like, I mean, yeah. talk about like the ultimate recruiting tool, right? Like, hey, come here, the government's going to sponsor you and you get to be uh, really shortened. You get a degree, you get an education. Like, at the, keep in mind, like at that time, part of the whole industrial complex, like getting into the world war two, which, you know, I'm not going to bore everybody with the politics and the all socioeconomic situation. This is, there, but this is not that podcast. Basically, basically there was a lot of poverty and a lot of like, there wasn't, there was a lot of aimlessness about our country prior to world war two, right? Like we had the great right. depression, everybody was coming out of that. And so 
World War II kind of kicked everything in high gear, and this was a part of that. And yeah, so anyway, I'll, I'll go on. Wally Butts was given a choice to disband the athletics program for the duration, or else continue with little prospect of fielding a competitive team, as we just kind of discussed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, not only are there, was Tech able to pull from, you know, the, the pool of candidates and pool of people, but like UGA was hampered because most of its men population was off the war, right? Yeah. Um, including Charlie Trippi. Um, yep. Charlie Trippi and Sinkwich, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so <clears throat> he, had, he and the few athletes left on campus chose to continue to play and the football team scheduled and played the 1943 and 1944 seasons as closely as normal as possible. The two games against Georgia Tech were scheduled and played, knowing the limitations of the Georgia roster, especially compared to Tech's. It's a testament to Butts' coaching skills that both the 1943 and 1944 teams had winning records. McGill added asterisks due to the, what he felt like was a competitive disadvantage for Georgia, but the fact remains that Wally Butts and his team played the games willingly and without public complaint. Now that there were eight years removed from those, 80 years, 80 years removed from those seasons. Uh, I think it's time to, that the asterisks are removed to acknowledge the efforts of those two teams who competed against long odds during a difficult era. Yeah. What do you think about that, Georgia fans? I, I mean, I, I, I kind of sit in the camp that I kind of agree with them. Like if you, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you, everybody signs up before the season knowing the rules, right? I agree. I agree. You knew, you knew the rule, you know, the rules when you enter the contest kind of thing. Right. right. Um, and you can't apply them retroactively so yeah. i i think that's a i think that's a fair point it's so. kind of like it's kind of like crying when you lose a national championship game when people get hurt you know <laughs> things like that like i, I don't know just, yeah. just throwing things out there yeah well hey we're and we're so far ahead in the all-time series record anyways eh, you know they can give that back to them i did it look is, it is I, what it is i did look on the history page so on the like like i said those games basically don't exist in the all-time record but if you go to the history page on georgiadogs.com and look at it year by year they do they have the scores there but they have asterisks next to them and and do not include them in the all-time record so that's how it's on the website just fyi right so man yeah that was good stuff that was good stuff and that's the thing where like i always i knew it was there i knew it was wartime but i didn't know exactly what was going on so definitely definitely learned something from jason this week yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I've seen in my fun fact history and my research, I've seen this V12 thing come up multiple times in in, in the research, and yeah. I never really thought anything about it and never really thought about the impact of what that program had on college athletics across the board. Um, like I said, if you go back and look at those time periods, you know, that's that's why the Notre Dames and the, you know, they, there's, a, there's a huge tie-in with Notre Dame and Navy. Um, with that situation as well. So yeah. Anyway. Cool. Cool. Thanks again, Jason. Uh, appreciate it. Also, you know what? I forgot, forgot to mention this last time. Uh, Jason let us know that several people have stopped by the Hargrit library and mentioned that they heard about it from listening to the podcast. Um, and so wanted to extend thank yous from Jason to you all. Uh, if you've gone by and stopped by and mentioned that you heard about it from us, uh, Jason said he really appreciated that. So thanks to all who have done so. Yeah, totally. Totally out of the blue too. So thank you for listening because it gave us a, a gave us a lot a sense of pride. That, yeah. <laughs> that not just not not just our, our close friends are listening to this. <laughs> right, right, for sure. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's jump into the, the the news and notes. And uh, so, John, this week the news and notes are brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Uh, so Homefield, they've got uh, vintage logo 
uh, collegiate apparel. Uh, it's a premium uh, brand. Uh, they've got t-shirts, they've got hoodies, they've got crewnecks. Uh, so you got to gotta go check them out. Uh, we've been excited to be able to partner up with them of late. Um, go check them out anytime. You can always use the code HUNKERDOWN uh, to get 15% off of your first order. But right now with the time of year, Black Friday is coming up. You can use the code Black Friday to get 20% off your order. Uh, but just be sure to head over to homefield.mygotapodcast.com and you can check out the entire Georgia collection. Yeah, gear up, gear up for clean old-fashioned hate and beyond, dear fans. Exactly, exactly. Agreed. Hey, Christmas is coming up. Uh, get that uh, get that Christmas shopping in on Black Friday. All right, going to start off the news and notes with the basketball minute. I, I do not have good news to report on this, John. Um, mm, mm. We mentioned last week the bah- the Bahamas Baja Mar uh, Hoops Championship. The dogs went 0-2 in said championship, uh, losing to Miami and Providence. Um, Miami game on Friday, uh, the dogs were pretty much outclassed by their ACC foe, Miami. Uh, it was a really good game on Sunday. Um, with Providence, uh, but fell short. I think it was like a nine point loss or something like that, but it was back and forth, uh, kind of like they were hit their free throws late. Um, so tough trip, trip to Bahama for the dogs. Um, but, uh, next game is against Winthrop in the Steg on Friday at five o'clock. Uh, it's on SEC network plus or ESPN plus for those who are not in Athens. All right. So with Kirby's press conference, uh, we'll move on to that. Uh, he gave a ton of injury updates. Uh, so we're going to start with, <laughs> with, with the friends of the show and Lad McConkey and Tate Radledge. So Lad, uh, tweaked his ankle against Ole Miss. Um, he tried to go, he basically didn't practice last week, uh, tried to go against Tennessee, started to bother him. Uh, but there was nothing more than that. According to Kirby, uh, said he feel good that he's going to be able to return, uh, and he said that Lad does not need tightrope surgery. Uh, Kirby said that today in the press conference. So I guess there was some rumor mill going around about that. He said that is not the case. He doesn't know where that's coming from. So that's at least good. Um, right. And then on on Tate, he said Tate, they had like banged his knee against another player's knee. Uh, he's got a bone bruise timetable is kind of TBD, um, but just a bone bruise with Tate as far as I know. That uh, was that was that was the big one, right? <laughs> yeah, that was one because it didn't look good when it happened. It did not look um, good. Yeah. Um, so Ra Ra, you'd have been questioning Ra Ra. Um, he's got a foot sprain that Kirby said could potentially be better described as a bone bruise on his foot. So that's mm-hmm. what's going on there. Um, and then Warren Brinson has a calf strain. Mm-hmm. Kirby did drop hopeful with Warren. He said, uh, hopefully he's able to go today. So I, I haven't heard what happened to practice today since then, but uh we'll see what's going on with that. Yeah, those calf strains are those calf strains are brutal. I, I I struggle I struggle with calf strains when I'm running a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I do too. That's why I don't run anymore. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I will point out. I don't know clearly whoever asked. I didn't listen to the uh, press conference. I, I read the recap of it, so okay. I don't know who, who asked this question. But clearly, a listener of the podcast was in the gallery today and asked Kirby about the fact that there's been zero punt returns against the team all season. That actually came up in the press conference. Yeah, he um, spent some, he, I actually listened to it. He, he spent some time. I don't remember who asked it either, but um, he did spend some time answering that question, talking about, uh, well, I don't want to steal it. No, steal no, you're good. It. Yeah, you, you, you take that. I, mean, I, I just yeah, wanted to point out that he talked about it. Oh, okay. So to add some color onto that, so I did hear exactly what he had to say about that because I was like, ooh, what's he going to say? <laughs> nice basically what he said makes total sense so obviously there's a number of factors with that like you know obviously brett thorson being a, a general down under badass right 
Yeah. Um, sorry, Carter. Sorry, uh, he hang time is is one of those factors, right? And you know he does a good job at that. But he said another big factor is is the gunners, and he he specifically cited who our consistent gunners have been all season long, mm-hmm. and Arian Smith is one of those gunners, the fastest man on the field. True. True. So yeah. if you're able to get down there in a cover and you got good hang time, that's a recipe for zero punt returns. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it was, I think it was, um, it was Arian and I think love it. Right. I think love Dom, it. Yeah. He said, Dom, was, yeah, yep, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So some love for the thunder from down under the boom and onion, uh, in today's <laughs> press conference. That's pretty sweet. All right. Yeah, that was good. I'm trying to think of what else he said. There's, there's a couple of points when he, he got kind of, yeah, kind of funny. Well, he did say he did say that like he's never heard of any such thing, such as like not having a punt return this far into the season. He was like, I've never experienced anything like that in my coaching career. So, yeah. Anyway, which the CBS broadcast crew said that we were one of three teams with that this this season, and I disagree according to the the stats that we use from a uh, CFBStats.com. So I don't know. I mean, I have a bone to pick with the CBS stats crew. Somebody, somebody has some different calculations. Exactly. Oh, exactly. I did. I did want to say someone asked him like a dumb question and he gave like a, a he gave like a smart Kirby, Kirby, Kirby comment. Sorry, card. Uh, he said, someone said being on both sides, like they asked him about the governor's cup and like, what's that like being on both sides? And, mm. and Kirby responded with, I've never been on the Georgia Tech side. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, he like looked at him like he had two heads. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, what it, what exactly did they mean by that? That's funny. Yeah. All right. Um, he did say he did say um, in 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 the in the portion about um, answering about um, the tightrope surgery, like Lad not needing tightrope surgery. Yeah, he did say he did say like you know he was looking over at Claude. He's like, yeah, Claude told me that like some they're they're asking about tightrope surgery. He's like, yeah, no, he's he, I don't know where that's coming from. Like, he, yeah, he, he like went into it. he was he, he was like a little irritated about that. <laughs> yeah, he totally dispelled that for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, let's let's dive into the game here, John. Uh, talk about what we're looking for as usual. We'll start off with uh, what we're looking for when Georgia has the ball. Um, so you got you know Georgia Tech coming in. Uh, I guess first full season under Brent Key. You know he was in, interim head coach um, for Tech last year when they came to Athens. Um, <clears throat> so some notable defenders uh, for Georgia Tech: uh, freshman linebacker. Uh, Kyle Ford is their leading tackler, uh, 64 total tackles. Uh, Senior defensive back Jalen King uh, has four interceptions on the season. And junior defensive lineman Kyle Kennard has six sacks. So he's the leader uh, for sacks. Um, Their defensive coordinator, his name may may sound familiar. Um, So they had co-defensive coordinators heading into the season. Uh, Andrew Thacker was demoted. Uh, after the loss to Bowling Green. And so now Kevin Scherer is the solo defensive coordinator. I don't know if that name uh, rings familiar for you, John. It may for some. Um, he was actually, he's a former he Georgia staff member. Yeah, he, was he on the Georgia staff? Yeah, so he was uh, he was Georgia's outside linebackers coach from 2014 to 2017. So he actually spanned the Rick and Kirby era. Um, he... Uh, he came to Georgia along with a, so like with Jeremy Pruitt. So he's like a Pruitt guy. So he went to Alabama uh, with Jeremy Pruitt. Um, They actually coached together at Hoover high. 
mm. when Pruitt, Pruitt was there. Um, but when he left Georgia, he went to be the co-defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach at Tennessee in 2018 when Pruitt was named head coach at Tennessee. So he's got some Jeremy Pruitt ties as well. Um, got it. But in general, what I have to say is the Georgia Tech defense is not good, Bob. <laughs> not not great, Bob. <laughs> uh, they're statistically pretty bad. Um, they give up 438 yards a game. That ranks 119th out of 133 FBS schools. Um, their best statistical category is passing, so they rank 51st in yards passing allowed. Um, but, I mean, they give up 30, 30 points a game. Um how many schools? How many schools are there in FBS? 133, and they rank below 100 in every category except passing yards per game. De- defensed, pretty bad. Tell me what their worst category is, Jim. Uh, their worst category is rushing yards allowed. Could we be running this state again? Ooh, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. I guess the only the only category they are good is in is in takeaways. So I know that that actually came up in Kirby's press conference a bit. They do. They do take the ball away a lot. So they have forced 21 turnovers mm. um, on defense, which is which does rank 10th in FBS. Um, so they give up a lot of points. They give up a lot, give up a lot of yards, um, but they do force a lot of turnovers. Um, I will say, though, looking ahead a little bit, their turnover margin is only plus one. So while they get a lot of takeaways, they also have uh, almost as many giveaways. So FYI. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what are you looking <laughs> for from our offense here, John? I'm looking for them to run the damn ball. I love that. <laughs> I mean, that's literally our worst. If you look across the board at all of our stats, right? The mm. one that sticks out like a sore thumb is number 37. We ranked number 37 in the country on rushing yards per game, which I know is probably bo- bothering Kirby Smart. It sticks out like a sore thumb, mm. but it also happens to be the area that they are the worst at. So, you know, you you like our chances to up our, our season average and improve our FBS rank. In, in the rushing yards category. Um, yeah. You figure that, you know, looking at, you know, the, the scoring impact and all those kinds of things, like, I don't know, it feels like, it feels like it could be a situation where we have an opportunity to pile on, but I have a feeling that Kirby's not really interested in that based on his comments and things like that. So, hmm. but I do expect us to grind it, to grind it out. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see like if, if they let, Carson throw for, you know, if, if they let Carson sling it or if they're going to just run the ball all day long. I mean, we have, uh, I mean, Bobo does like balance. We know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe unless we're like ripping off long runs, I would say the play calling will probably be fairly balanced, but it's just going to be what take what the defense gives you kind of thing. I would, I would imagine. Um, but a man, I mean, Bobo has been in his bag lately. Uh, Bobo is a Broyles Award finalist, by the way. Uh, the mm. award given out to the best um, assistant coach in the country. Um, apologies to the guy who was sitting behind me early in the season. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, Bobo has been dialing it up. Uh, third down conversion rate has been lights out. Um, back is finding the open receiver, getting them the ball, and looking fantastic doing so. So, uh, excited to see what we can uh, dial up at Hyundai Field. On- on Saturday, Saturday night, historic Mark Richt Hyundai Field. Historic Mark Richt Hyundai Field, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else. I mean, we're gonna. Um, my guess is we don't see Lad. Um, that's not inside information. That's just he's not one hundred percent. Maybe it's something like Tennessee, where he 
you know, tries to go. And if he's not feeling it, they shut him down like they did against Tennessee. I wouldn't expect anything more than that. Um, probably the same for Rara, probably the same for Tate Ravage. Right. Um, but uh, I would, uh, I, 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 I can't stand these guys. So, um, you know, just got to be in the right state of mind mentality. And from the player interviews today, it sounds like they are. So, yeah, I mean, this definitely, is, I mean, I remember last year we went, last year we went to this game, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things that uh, we, we had a slow start in that game, and but we, yep. we were able to pile it on, right? So, yeah. And I have a feeling nice. they'll, 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 they will be very jacked up for this game. Uh, I would say, I mean, well, I, I don't know, what do you think? Like, uh, actually, someone did ask Kirby about this. He didn't answer the question fully, like, mm-hmm full transparency i was kind of hoping for a little bit more out of the out of his answer but basically someone asked in the press conference today they asked him uh you know with with this game being thanksgiving he mentioned distractions like you know with thanksgiving being a distraction how does that change like your preparation for the for the game the game time and then also like the proximity to thanksgiving does it change the nutrition he actually asked Mm. about nutrition for um for the team and like what, what they might be changing. Kirby didn't really answer any of the nutrition stuff, which I actually thought was a valid question. and something right. I've always thought about as well. Like right. these guys going in and basically dropping 5,000 calories at each, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it was kind of interesting what Kirby said about the, the day itself. He said, it doesn't really change too much. He said that basically they, they move the times up on Wednesdays. Um, so their Wednesday practices are earlier. And then he said that Saturday's usually a little bit different. It just changes when they get to campus um, and when they leave and all those kinds of things with it being like a night game and stuff. So um, he said it didn't really impact it too much, but I did think it was kind of interesting that people were thinking about that. Cause I've always wondered that too. Like, man, you know, these big boys going home and like chowing down, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, you got anything else on the, on the offense there? On the offense um no i mean no i mean i I, i'll I'll be interested to see how uh i'll be interested to see how trust does i feel like trust has been the weakest link um Mm -hmm. on this offensive line so if tate's not going to play in this game i'd love to see how you know you know with the shuffling of the deck chairs trust ends up at the at the right guard position right or the right tackle position right it depends, man. I think he right. was at, he was at left tackle for a lot of last game, which was interesting. Although I think that was even before Tate went out. So yeah. Well, I'll be I'll be interested to see how trust how trust performs. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay. I'd like to see a big game out of him. I'd like to see the big game out of the running backs again. I would love I would love to run all over these guys. That would be amazing. I mean, Kendall Milton has been on fire lately. Um, yeah. I'd like to see Dejan get to rip off a long one. I'd like to see Dejan get his game. I feel yeah. like he deserves it. He's he's been running so good. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, before we move on to the defense, why don't we take a moment to remind everyone that season four of My Got a Podcast is presented by Oxyaton. Uh so we mentioned earlier that Georgia Tech's most recent win was against Syracuse. Uh and so I thought I would point out that Oxyatime, uh, in a way, uh it, it has a relation to Syracuse. So Oxyatime's founder, John Canaris. Uh, was he played lacrosse at Penn, um, and he was uh, scored on by a, a now famous uh, lacrosse goal called the Air Gate um, by a, a gentleman from Syracuse. Um, it's a very it's a it, it was like a dunk almost, <laughs> I guess, in, in lacrosse. Um, 
but so that that's where it came from. And uh, John Canaris, his his pen team won the Ivy League championship and uh, got a watch to commemorate that. And he he felt like the watch that the team was given didn't really live up to the accomplishment that they had made. Uh, so that kind of began his interest in watches. And he later in life found founded Oxia Time. And one of the initial things he was doing was getting a a, a nice uh, quality uh, Swiss timepiece for his alma mater. Um, so that led there initially into lacrosse. So then he, you know, he made his way over to college football, got hooked up with college football playoff and, and who continues to win the college football playoff other than your Georgia Bulldogs. So definitely go check it out. That's kind of how, how we got here and this watch collection came to be. Um, but definitely head over to oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Check out the Georgia 2021 and 2022 National Championship Collections. As we've said, you could use the code MyGotA podcast to get a custom presentation box to go with that as well. And like we said, you know, we got uh, Christmas time is right around the corner. Uh, what would be better gift this holiday season than a nice... Uh, Oxia timepiece commemorating uh, either of Georgia's recent national championships. National championships. Amen. Kind of like uh, it's kind of like the 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 lacrosse version of uh, Ron Lindsay or something, right? It is. Oh yeah, man. I mean, like I, when we met John uh, the first time, like I had. I mean, I've seen that. Like it's it's like the Jumpman logo of lacrosse, basically. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Uh, okay. So what are we looking for uh, when Georgia Tech has the ball? Um, so some familiar names uh, with the Georgia Tech offense. So Buster Faulkner, um, who was on staff at Georgia, he he came along as an analyst um, when Todd Munkin was hired. Um, he is now Georgia Tech's offensive coordinator. Um, <clears throat> as far as some players to watch, uh, so their quarterback, Haynes King, is a sophomore transfer um, from Texas A&M, I believe. Um, he is 208 of 334 for 2,597 yards passing 26 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Uh, he is also Georgia Tech's second leading rusher. Uh, he's got 624 yards and seven touchdowns on 98 carries. Uh, as far as running back goes, their leading rusher is sophomore Jamal Haynes, uh, 850 yards, seven touchdowns on 141 carries. Um, and then they spread the ball around as far as receivers. So Eric Singleton is a freshman receiver, 610 yards, six touchdowns. Malik Rutherford, sophomore wide receiver, 442 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but some more familiar names. This this team is built on transfers, by the way. Uh, so a couple of other transfers and familiar names. Dominic Blaylock uh, is their third leading receiver. Um, and Brett Scyther, uh, who's a tight end, transferred from Georgia to Georgia Tech this year. Uh, he actually has four touchdowns on six catches, which I thought was kind of crazy. Um, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So some familiar names, kind of painful to see those <laughs> names there, but uh, it is what it is. It's a new era of college football. We just got to kind of deal with it, I suppose. Yeah. You, you got to deal with all the transfers and all the portal, all the portalization of college football is kind of crazy too. Yeah. But so Georgia Tech's defense, or sorry, Georgia Tech's offense is like, I'd say good. Like it's not great. Um, the defense, the it's numbers good-ish. are ish. It's good ish. It's so their their statistics are similar to Tennessee, which I guess take that for what you will with what we just <laughs> did to Tennessee. Um, but so it's a similar similar to Tennessee. They do have a you know their quarterback can run. Um, so as you've talked, John, kind of like building us, um, seeing how we can do against mobile quarterbacks. We've had several in a row. Um, so. 
I, I think we should be we should be ready for that, especially with the speed we've got kind of injected at linebacker lately. So I don't know. What, what are you thinking here? I'm thinking that uh, this needs to be a, a game where we have. I don't know. I, I'm expecting a low scoring game for them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, we should we should dominate these guys in every facet. Like just just full stop. This this should this game should not be anywhere close on paper. Yeah, it shouldn't. Like I said, their offense decent, but their 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 defense is terrible. I know we're talking about the other side of the ball now, but I don't I don't see how like I don't even though their offense is like good, like I said, I don't see how their offense can score enough points to keep up with our offense. How many schools were there in in, in FBS again, Jim? 130, 133. And what is their worst category on offense? Turnovers. Turnovers. <laughs> yes. So they have turned the ball over 20 times. Uh, they are 120th in FBS in, uh, in turnovers given away on offense. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking for, I'm going to be looking for that ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're like high risk, high reward kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, again, like what's there to say? Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm just gonna, it's going to be weird. I don't like seeing Dominic Blaylock out there in, no. in a GT. Like that is super weird. I've seen him score and on some highlights, et cetera. I mean, I, I watched the Louisville game. Um, their season opener. Um, and uh, it's weird. I don't like it. But he's not even their leading receiver. He's not, he's, not, he's, yeah, he's their leading receiver. Yeah, third he's their leading third, receiver. third leading receiver. So, yeah. Like, poor guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a fan of that. Yeah. All right. Well, I do have a couple of special teams things. Um, so in that same vein, uh, their punt returner actually is one Dominic Blaylock. Um, so he's their punt returner. Um, so something to watch out for there, John, as we talked about the whole zero punt returns throughout the season, we're going to have, um, we have Brett Thorson punting to Dominic Blaylock. Will that hold? We shall see. Um, their place kicker is Aiden Burr. He's a freshman. He is 11 of 12 on field goals for the season, 32 of 33 on extra points. So he hasn't missed an extra point. Mm-hmm. And their punter is David Shanahan. He's a junior uh, he has a 42.38 yard average. Um, John, he is not Australian though. Like what is even going on? Um, I don't know. He is, he <laughs> well, is, they're not an SEC school, so they haven't caught on yet. Everything's right. a little two years late at, at ACC schools. I feel like he is, he's Irish. So he's from Ireland. Um, but John, Ooh. are you, are you ready for the plot twist that I'm about to drop on you? He is the first ever Irish graduate of pro kick Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so we have an we have an irishman that's come down to australia to train to kick to go to the states how old how old is this guy oh uh, you know i don't even have that i didn't look up how old he is i should have i should have what was that. his name his name is david shanahan <laughs> did tech pick him up uh did tech pick him up when they went to go play it at in ireland or something like <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. He was so he played like Gaelic football. Um Gaelic football, yeah, yeah. Gaelic yeah. football, rugby, and basketball in, in Ireland, but then went to Australia to train at Pro Kick. It was pretty crazy. Nice. I see stuff about him like punting stuff in two thousand oh no, never mind. Sorry. I got messed up. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how old he is. I don't know. We'd have to put glasses on to figure that out. We really do need to put glasses on it. Trying to put glasses on it. 
Carrie Teen gets full scholarship to play at Georgia Tech. So in 2020, he was 19. So he's like an he's an actual like he's an actual kid. Got it. Okay. Well, hey, good for him. He's good an actual him. kid. Yeah, good for him. So it looks like he he was 19 in 2020. So I was told there would be no math. That makes him what 23, 22. Yeah, yeah, 20. Yeah, I mean, depending. Time yeah, of year. But yeah, 22, 23. So he could still go have a beer with Brett Thorson. That's what we did. <laughs> but point being, he doesn't have a kid and a family and a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. He's not like that. He's, he's not, not that. Not old. Like, yeah, he's not that old. <laughs> uh, but it says he's from Cary. It says he's from Cary, which I'm wondering, isn't that where? Isn't Cary where uh, Valkyrie is from? I don't know. Valkyrie, if you're listening, let us know. Okay, we'll have to we'll have to hit her for that. Yes, maybe maybe he might be the only person that would understand her Gaelic. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe she should. Maybe she should tap him. <laughs> maybe, maybe like like uh, like I don't know what Gaelic for nerds is. <laughs> Amazing. We'll have to find out. All right, let's hit the ready ready to hit the listener questions. Yeah, man, let's get them. All right. So, the listener questions are brought to you by Working Web Media. Uh, We've talked about, um, you know, we we set out to redo our website uh, in this last offseason, and Working Web Media worked with us to do that. Uh, So, be sure to head over to mygotapodcast.com, check it out. You can see some of their work. it's a, we really like the site, got a brand new store. You get the hats that John and I have on there. Uh, so be sure to check that out. If you, if you like what you see, maybe you've got a small business. Maybe you need some help with your website. Maybe you need some help with your online presence. Uh, they help with social media work as well. Uh, go check them out. Uh, you can head over to workingwebmedia.com slash dogs. And there's an easy way to sign up for an appointment uh, to have a conversation and see if they could help you out. So head over there, check them out for sure. All right. First up, TJ Witten. Not Georgia-related, but how can it be everyone versus Michigan, but yet they are America's team? Um, agreed? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Michigan is not. They're not America's team. I, I, I don't know what's going on with that, Harbaugh. Who said Michigan was America's team? They've, they've been saying that. What? Yes. Really? I meant to tell you, you were supposed to, I meant to ask, have you ask your Michigan friend about this beforehand. Ah, <laughs> now I'm going to have to put glasses on that BS. <laughs> Yeah, I have not heard that crap at all. What? Dude, where Where have you been? <laughs> I've not heard that at all. I've not seen any. I've not seen any. Did of that you see because... their coach, their assistant coach cry when they won? Did you see I did that? See one? The, I did okay. see the assistant coach cry. That was that was like insanely ridiculous. Okay, I will say my Michigan friend. Shout out Brian Kingsbury. Um, I will say that my Michigan friend has been. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Hot and cold. I don't know. How, I don't know how you describe this because like mm-hmm. it's all over the place with him. Okay. On like how he feels about the team. Yeah, yeah. Like how he feels about their 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 situation. Like at first he was like super defensive about it, but then he's like, oh yeah, that is. <laughs> the news just kept piling up about Michigan. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, the it, it, I'll just say it doesn't make sense. You can't be both. You can't have it. You can't have a can't have your cake and eat it too, as they say. I would say they're decidedly not America's team. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Agreed. So maybe it is everyone against Michigan. They're just not America's team. Yeah, yeah seriously. All right. Uh, let's see. Fletcher Proctor. Georgia drops two in the Bahamas, but what do you think the chances are they run the out-of-conference schedule before SEC play? Wait, football podcast. Is Key a coach that Kirby likes, respects too much to hang 50 on him? I need our coach to absolutely abhor the tech head coach. Um, 
Kirby has a lot of respect for Brent Key. Um, yeah. I know that. <laughs> he said so much in the uh, press conference today. He mentioned it twice, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, they they crossed paths as as players. I don't remember how many years they overlapped. I think he's a little bit younger than Kirby. I think. I can't remember. Um, they definitely they, played against each other. They did. They did. But I don't think it was like multiple. I don't know. It was like once or twice, maybe. Um, I don't think they lined up exactly the same age or anything. But I don't know. Honestly, I I I question how much Kirby even thinks about stuff like that. I mean, sometimes it kind of is what it is. Like if they don't stop you. I mean, you say that, you know? but like the Samford gang, right? Well, that's true. That's a good point. I don't think it's going to be like that. <laughs> I feel like this is this is somewhere in between Samford and Eli Drinkwitz. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's I don't fair. Know, who what was the I can't remember the coach's name from Samford. I don't I don't Yeah, need, it's escaping me as well. But they we were need, We need friend of the show Paul Munchnick on this one. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. he's also a tech fan he was raised a tech fan <laughs> true true yeah i don't i don't see a 50 burger in the cards um that would but, be uh, amazing if we scored 50 on them in their own house i mean it would be it would be we've come close the last couple of times uh by the way but uh, i feel like right. i feel like that you know there's a certain to a certain degree like there's a whole i don't know Maybe Kirby liked the narrative at the beginning of the season and he kind of got tired of it and then decided to just, you know, care about winning big. But like there is definitely an element of pressure that gets lifted when you're beating the piss out of people. So mm-hmm. I mean the I don't know. I don't know that I don't know that this is that game, but uh Yeah, I don't the offense has been the offense has been rolling, man. Uh, I don't I don't, I'm I'm going to sit here and say that those defensive numbers do not align to a game that if Georgia decided it wanted to score 50, it probably could. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. All right, let's see. Next up, John Michael D. Hashtag uniform Twitter. Who wears black jerseys again first, us or the nerds? Uh, their attempt this year was quintessential tech poetry. Uh, so Georgia Tech, who does not have black in their school colors like Georgia does, uh, they attempted a blackout and had like glow in the dark numbers for a day game or something and lost. Am, am I getting, I think I'm getting all that right. Um, but the answer to the question is Georgia tech. <laughs> the answer to the question is Georgia tech for sure. And I don't know that like, I don't know, depending on who you ask, like the black apparently is in their color palette because you look at their, their fans there, there'll be black, there'll be Navy blue. There'll be like Royal blue. There'll be gold. There'll be yellow. Like talk about a uniform a uniform and merchandise nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Um, Nerd. Uh, 50, 50, fellow hater of Georgia Tech, uh, 51 to 7 GATA. What's your favorite stadium look when the dogs are on the road? Gator Teal, Tennessee Smoky Gray, or Bobby Dodd Red? So, meaning the Gator Teal is when you're in Jacksonville. And you have to show the guy. You have to show the the YouTubers. You have to show the YouTube watchers the, the pictures that he's. Yeah. So, the ga- Gator Teal is when the, when the Florida fans leave jacksonville early because the dogs are up so much and the seats are teal uh smoky gray same tennessee when they leave it's a gray seats and then uh, bobby dot red is because no one leaves in atlanta because it's all georgia fans uh so <laughs> i'm gonna go bobby dot red i love that and I, honestly that stadium looks beautiful when it's filled with red uh like when atlanta united used to play there uh mm-hmm. it looks really nice so it looked really nice last time i was there i'll say that yeah i mean it, it's really amazing to be able to look at an opposing an opposing in-state rival and look at their stadium and see a sea of your colors yeah. and, a, and an away game. 
Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty phenomenal. And frankly, it makes for a great picture, particularly if you're on, uh, what is it, the Eastern side of the, the stadium? I don't, I don't know. But like, basically there's, there's one section of the stadium where you can look out over the top of the stadium and see the Atlanta skyline, right? Yeah, it is a, it is a, it is a pretty view uh, from the stands there. And it's when great it's when there's a, when there's a red backdrop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Friend of the show, Tim Riley, did Jasper fumble or not? No. And I left all my friends. I was so mad about it. Um, <laughs> and my girlfriend, no wife. Um, what percentage of the stadium is, is going to be red and black? Uh, I think we have to hold that for coaches over unders. I believe that's an over under. So we're going to table that, uh, Tim, let's see. I think we, we had a bit of a theme here. So Brett building, uh, had a two parter, uh, one, the last time tech beat Georgia in Atlanta, Bill Clinton was president. And Jasper was definitely down, which, by the way, that I mean, 1999, the last time these guys beat us in Atlanta. Uh, what what other interesting streaks exist in this rivalry? Um, so I actually did. I, I had to double check to look up the years. Um, well, I had to look up when Tech's streak was. So here's what I'll here's my answer to this question. Uh, the longest win streak to ever happen in this series is owned by Georgia Tech, and that is at eight. And that's what I had to look up. I couldn't remember what years it was. So from 1949 to 1956, Georgia Tech won eight in a row. Uh, Georgia has come close to tying that record twice. Uh, we've, we've reached seven in a row twice, losing that eighth eighth matchup um, at home, actually. Both times we lost that eighth, eighth matchup. Uh, that would be from 1991 to 1997, and then also from 2001 to 2007. Uh, so that first streak ended my freshman year of college. Uh, that second streak, 2008, tough season. That was like Stafford and company uh, lost stick at home. So that's it. Um, still trying to get back to that um, and own the longest streak in the history of this series. Uh, Tech's been hanging on to that for, for quite some time. All right. Then second, which what, win what over are, Tech? What, are the, what, are, what else would be interesting? I don't, I don't know. Is he asking that question or does he have it? Do you think he has one loaded? You read way too much into Brett's questions, John. <laughs> this is like that one time when we spent like 30 minutes researching the Clemson paw at Auburn and I had to edit that out of the episode. Um, <laughs> no, he just wants to know if there's anything fun. So that's what I got. That's what I got. Brett's right. messing with her. Second question from Brett. Uh, which win over tech is your favorite? He said that he said mine was watching Reggie Ball throw it away on fourth down in 2004. That was pretty amazing. Do you have a personal favorite? Uh, Massaquan. Massaquan. Yep. Um, that's up there for me. Since you already said Massaquan, I'm going to go with the one that we put the video out in the podcast tonight. Uh, the 1997 uh, Bobo to a friend of the show, Corey Allen. Um, our hearts, they were torn out and bleeding. We picked it up and we stuck it back inside. Uh, that was a good one. I'll go with that one. I like that. 51 to 7 in 2002 wasn't too bad either. <laughs> shout uh, out. 51 to 7. Shout out. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Uh, okay, so Chad Jarvis said, favorite tech memory. Um, and are you guys sad the regular season? Regular season is over. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, you always want always want more football. Hey, and that's like Tate Rattler said, yeah, right? You always like want every time, more. you always want more. Um, that's that's going to be the living. That's going to be like the living, breathing, like minor guy podcast, unofficial quote. I, I feel like that needs to go in the soundboard. I need to work yeah. on that. <laughs> we yeah, need we Tate and and Lad quotes in the soundboard. I got to work on that. Yes. All right. Next up, we got Ranty Dog. 
Andy Coleman, uh, why isn't Georgia Tech able to recruit at a high level? They are in the middle of the biggest hotbed in America. I don't buy academic standards. What do you so think? I had, so I had a, an answer to him that I think that this has to do with legacy, and it goes all the way back to why Tech left the SEC, right? Hmm. They left the SEC because of the recruiting situations, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they, what, what, what was it? Like, they didn't want to, like... I can't remember. I can't remember what he he didn't want to do. Well, there was like an issue between um between uh shoot now I'm blanking. But it was like with Bear Bryant. Like wasn't there like some yeah, kind of like yeah it was Bear Bryant and Bobby Dodd. I thought yeah yeah like they wanted to all right so they left because the conference wouldn't modify what was known as the one forty one forty rule, which permitted schools to give a maximum of forty five football and basketball scholarships per year but only 140 total. So it was about like capping scholarships. Okay. Yeah. And, and let me guess, uh, Alabama wanted more scholarships. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it was, they used to like just stack that mm-hmm. back then. I mean, to a certain extent, that's kind of how it's, how it's become, right? Like you don't hear, you don't hear Georgia tech processing kids out. Do you? Right. Right. I mean, I'm sure they do, but like, you know, it's not like, you don't see like four and five star kids coming in and then like after a couple of years leaving because they can't get any playing time. Cause that's basically what Alabama and frankly, Georgia has now kind of become known as, and you see them transfer out and you see these kids excel at other schools and, but Georgia goes on its merry way and Alabama goes on its merry way and Georgia tech, you know, never really got a chance to get started because they left the sec and that whole legacy. Basically they left the sec and the winning mentality, frankly, of that setup just basically snowballed. I mean, for lack of a better description, right? And Tech to, chose to go in the other direction, and that snowballed over time, right? Like, and yeah. we we arrive at where we're at today because you know the SEC became what it is, and the ACC became what it is, and it's just it's just a different it's just a different mentality. I mean, there's certainly academic situation in there as well, but like. Honestly, like Georgia Tech is prime for, and and you know, I, I'd say that it's also a situation like there's there's people that can that want Georgia Tech to be a, a winning mentality, but it takes there's a difference between saying this is this goes back to Georgia Sports Blog, right? Georgia Sports Blog and get the picture. They used to always talk about this during the Mark Richt era versus Nick Saban and and these other schools, LSU at the time when when Richt was there. Like it, it's basically there's a difference between being committed to winning and being financially committed to winning. Yep. And I think that if tech decided they wanted to financially be committed to winning, they, they could be, but they're not. And I have a feeling that that has to do with a lot of leadership and legacy things that are inherent with the culture at Georgia tech and from a, from an administrative standpoint. Yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it. And like on the academic restrictions thing, I mean, you can say what you want about like Notre Dame's schedule and stuff, but Notre Dame has has it's not easy to get into Notre Dame either, um, and they've made the college football playoff. So I feel like you you don't have quite as much of a leg to stand on there. So uh, I think um, hmm. Georgia Tech's acceptance rate is sixteen percent. Notre Dame's acceptance rate is fifteen percent. Hmm. Yeah. So there perfect you go. example. Yeah. Yeah. And they perennial and they perennially play each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rudy sacked the Georgia Tech quarterback. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Suck it, Tech. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Jalja on YT. Jalja 3. 
with two coaches there, they were on Kirby's offensive staff. Do they switch things up or keep the offensive strategy consistent and rely on the athleticism and talent of our players? We're not changing anything up. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't think Kirby cares. I, that actually did come up in the press conference too. Um, somebody asked about that and he was basically like, you know, <laughs> Kirby's answer was like, uh, we, you know, you've got film, you can watch tape. Like they know what we're going to do. We know what, like we know, they know what we do. We know what they do. That's how it is. You gotta, you still gotta stop it. I mean, it's not like, um, it's not as big an advantage. I would say as like knowing the other team's signs maybe, <laughs> but I don't, I don't expect, I mean, just like with like with Dan Lanning at Oregon, you know, going to Oregon last year, I don't think we did anything different. Um, we're going to, we're going to do what we do. So in my opinion, the Jimmy, Jimmy's and Joe's, right? Yeah, seriously. True. True. Uh, let's see. Jimmy Duncan, would either school consider playing this game anytime other than at the end of the season for what it's worth? I'm okay with it as a season ending game, season ending game for tech. I've heard this floated. Um, cause yeah, there's the crowd of like, don't play this game anymore. Uh, and it, it's always been played at the end of the year in November, right? I believe so. But, the, but so this is, this is where this is coming from. There are some people who are like, what's the point of this game? Georgia doesn't benefit, et cetera. You know, cancel this game, which I think is dumb. But some people have said, well, what if we keep it and we move it to the beginning of the season? Like, what if Georgia Tech is the season opener instead of the season ender? I don't I don't like it. I mean, to me, like this is it's rivalry. Squash squash all of it. Squash all of it. Yeah. Like looking looking at the entire history of this rivalry, the only time it's ever been earlier is back in you'd have to go back in (laughs) you'd have to go back in before, you know, before the Great Depression to look at it being any earlier than November, I mean, don't, I'm just doing a quick glance here. November 15th, any like November 15th, yeah, thir- that, 13th, I see 13th. It, yeah, so it, like, it was in October in 1903. Yeah, it was in October in the 1918 1800s, but like, yeah, then it, it basically, <laughs> basically reads like they're like, all right, this is too early. This is too early. This is too early. Let's keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And they just got later and later and later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of these dates that are in December. If you yeah. go back and look at history, like there are some of these games that are played in December, which is just mind boggling to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if either, if either school would consider it. Um, no. I don't, I, I don't like it though. Yeah. I, I think it should be at the end. It's a rivalry week. You got Georgia, Georgia Tech, Auburn, Alabama, like Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina, like Michigan, Ohio State, like Apple it's Cup. Pretty much, it's pretty much universally accepted practice in yeah. college football to have the in-state rival at the end of the game. I actually would go out on a limb to say that if you're playing your games earlier in the season, you're doing your entire fan base a disservice because it's a, it's a cap on the season. And yeah. it's also a cap on the end of the season for your team to allow allow your local players. Like, I mean, generally speaking, most schools pull from a local pool of talent, right? Right. To keep them local to go. I mean, granted, you know, UGA is obviously recruiting on a national scale now. Like, you got some kids that are going over to the coaches' houses for Thanksgiving and things like that. But, like, it keeps your kids local. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. No. Hard pass. Yeah. We agree. Shocking. Shocking. We agree. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm back to, to back. I'm trying to let's see when the latest, when was the latest that this game was ever played? It looks like December 2nd off of just a quick glance. Like some, there's been multiple December 2nd. Oh, there's a December 3rd, December 8th. Can you imagine playing this game in December? That's weird. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, we we used to play it on Thanksgiving. Um, FYI, so I don't, I don't I, like that. I do not like that. I like Saturday after Thanksgiving. That's nice. We once called my grandfather from Disney World, because uh, we were at Disney World on Thanksgiving when mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and um, mm-hmm. we called my grandfather from a payphone to find out who won the Georgia Georgia Tech game. Okay. <laughs> Holy cow! Different times. I'll you're tell dating, you, you're dating yourself, sir. It, it was 1995. Uh, it was a game where Heinz Ward had ended up having to play quarterback, and uh, Cannon Parkman hit kicked like a knuckleball uh, game winning field goal to win the game. Uh, we had recorded it on VHS and watched it when we got home after our trip. 18 17. I like it. Yeah, I think that 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 was the uh, the smallest var- margin of victory game ever. The the one point win. All right, Broham guys, give us your thoughts on who could pop this week on offense and defense. Who's going to have their Dylan Bell game? Seems like different guys are getting their flowers each week. You kind I've of got, alluded you kind of alluded to it earlier. Yeah, so I yeah, I, I went with Dejan. Um so I would say running back core Dejan. I would uh you know we haven't gotten this season John is a nice like home run deep ball to Arian Smith. Yeah. I'd like to see that happen on Saturday. I would like to see a home run deep ball in general. <laughs> just to just to show people on film that he can hit, he can hit those balls. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm going I'm going with uh Dejan to have his to have his flowers. Although I mean it's hard it's hard, you know, in in football, right? Like there's this there's this theory, you know, feed the stud and feed the hot hand, right? Like Yeah. Kendall Milton's the hot hand right now, dude. Dude, he kid, is. Kid, kid was running with authority. Did you did you see the video his his dad? So uh father of ballers. Did you see his tweet? Uh like on Kendall's touchdown against Tennessee, he was like 17 made a business decision because here's the guy at the goal on that like wanted no part of trying to tackle Kendall. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. Pretty good. No, I agree. I agree. Um defensively, man, I'm not sure. Like th- this team, the the defense spreads it around so much. Um I'm not sure. I know like Tyke Smith, dude, like had like what, like 10 tackles last week. Tyke is actually the leading tackler on the team now. Um, he got like 10 solo tackles last week or 10 total tackles. Um, I don't know. I could see that. I would, uh, you know what I would like? I would actually like to see Georgia Tech turns the ball over so much. I'd like to see Dalen Everett get a pick and uh, get him some some confidence. So I'll go with that on defense. On who, who's having the breakout game on defense? Yeah, I'm going to go Dalen Everett. Hmm. And I mean, so some someone that hasn't had a breakout game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's gonna get thrown at. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you a name that like almost came up in the last game, but Malachi Starks hasn't had like a breakout game, mostly because people are afraid to throw to him. Yeah. But that's given, true. given the given the takeaways situation. Right. Right. I, and and they're oh, they're more of a threat on the passing game. I'm going to go with Malachi Starks. Okay, nice. All right, JR Real. Can we just skip the game and go straight to the octagon? We'll get Pickens or Bowers, and they can have whoever. I like our chances. Ha ha. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I will say. I don't know. If I'm going in the octagon, I might pick some different people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we do have Bill Goldberg out there. Also, um, oh, gosh, what was the guy's name that was like Jake Davis or whatever? Um uh, Crap, I'm totally blanking on his name. Oh, Jake Jake Scott? Jake Scott, sorry. Yeah, Jake Scott's also an option out there. That guy was a monster. 
I was going to say, uh, I don't know. I mean, like Brett Thornton's been through the Outback. Like, no, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I was going to say, and also, what, what about Kirby Smart in his prime? This was a scrappy guy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was for sure. And apparently, um, apparently, Bobo can throw a punch. <laughs> uh the red and black uh, archives is a great site <laughs> uh, i'm surprised that hasn't come up yeah uh i don't know people don't what scour game was that before what game was that before it was before the it was it was before the outback bowl it was it was ah, like during perfect. like it was like almost, winter break we need like, to have we need to have inside sources ask him about any any coach is going to get any bar brawls coming up here yeah yeah um but what i was gonna say was like in all seriousness on this like watch these guys because like, again like this is their super bowl they've are they're already bull eligible mm-hmm. like they're not really gaining anything other than like pride of beating georgia yeah and we've seen them do things like trying to bait our guys into things uh so i do hope our guys can keep a cool head um so we don't uh we don't need anyone getting suspended like Pickens did back in 2019. So I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, looking at the video of Kirby Smart before the Tennessee game, just looking at everybody, like basically yelling all the kind of vitriol at them guys over his shoulder. And he's just calm as a cucumber looking at everybody and looking at his guys. And they're just, they're just kind of, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think that there's anything you could throw at this team after that. Yeah, true. Fair, fair. All right, last up, Hug Dog, Jason Huggins. Uh, unlike the other 364 days a year, I turn into a rude, entitled bastard when I walk into Bobby Dodd Stadium at Grandfield or Hyundai Stadium. What is it about tech that causes you to walk a little taller, sip a longer pull of bourbon without flinching, and bark a little louder? Mm. So for me personally, um, it's from where it comes from. So it's like, it is, like I had family that went to Georgia Tech. So my my grandfather, my my dad's dad went to Georgia Tech. My mom's brother went to Georgia Tech. Uh, my best friend growing up went to Georgia Tech. Um, and I had a lot of friends that went to Georgia Tech. Um, and that's that's where it is for me. But at the same time, like it's there. It, it's kind of a weird scenario where it's like, I have love for those people, but I have hatred for Georgia Tech. <laughs> um, and like, it, but it is that like clean, clean, old fashioned hate. Right. Cause like, you know, people, like you said earlier, it's people you work with, right. Mm-hmm. It's your neighbors. It's people you go to church with, but like, and man, it, it, God, not to be no pun intended, but like it stings when you lose to these guys. Um, <laughs> and it is just different, man. It is different. Um, this I've had is a little, this thing is a little bit different. It is from this, and I, from this B. <laughs> it is. And I've had like so many irrational conversations with like people who are like really good friends of mine. But like when we get into this stuff, like we get totally irrational and get angry with each other. It is different. It's different. And this to me, this rivalry is different for me than any of the other ones. Um, and I, I feel like clean old fashioned hate is a perfect so, description. I, I agree. It's 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 totally it's totally that. Like if you're not from the metro Atlanta area, like you just don't understand. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm sure that there are plenty of South Georgia guys that have tech issues as well. But like, again, you know, if 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 you are from this area and you have parents and friends that go to school in this area, like yeah. that's like 
I'll give you a, for instance, like I was at the, I was at the Meredith square the other day. Um, actually yesterday, um, we were at the Meredith square and I was at the fountain with my daughter. Um, you know, there's a nice little fountain in the Meredith square there. Um, and I was in full podcast regalia, right? Like I had the, had the Columbia jacket, I had the hat, I had a blanket that my daughter was using and, this tech guy walked by and he had a, a quarter zip on and we both kind of looked at each other and we both just kind of like looked away and it was just kind of like, you know, that's just, it's that that's what it's like here, man. Like, and yeah, if, if you, if you don't, if you don't have that around you 24 seven, like, and I feel like that South Georgia and any of these other areas that you have pockets of, you know, UGA fandom, like, I mean, there's, I know there's a big contingent in London, for example, is a <laughs> contingent in New York. There's a big contingent in Chicago. Um, there's a lot of main, there's a lot of alumni chat. Dallas is another big one. Charlotte's probably a big one too, from the financials perspective. Yeah. Like you have a lot of Georgia around you, but you don't have a whole lot of tech and here you have a whole lot of tech. Mm, that's true. That's true. Agreed. And it's just that it's just that whole like you know big brother little brother situation like for a while there it was it was competitive and now it's not quite as competitive and it's kind of quiet you don't want to lose these guys when it's quiet <laughs> yep agreed agreed all right john are you ready i feel like i feel like i should i feel like we should inject this with like some of carter's we need to get like on the soundboard we need to get carter's version of this but look, hit me with it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god my god a freshman to put glasses on it is time for coach trio bills over unders georgia tech all right uh and if if for those who don't know carter has been That's practicing <laughs> the sec on cbs theme song with his french horn was it a french horn Yes, Carter is okay. in the French. He's in the he's in the band. Um, surprising for many, I'm sure. Uh, being that we've talked a lot of sports about Carter, not much band for him. But um, he chose to select his. He had he had to choose either chorus or band, I believe, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Okay, and he chose band because they go to uh, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Carter. Well played. And and French horn was one of the free options <laughs> because those things. Oh are- yeah. You got to go with that. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, I'm still in the lead, but as we discussed in the review, you are uh, starting to gain on me. Uh, But so I get to go first. Uh, So we'll start off with the offense over under uh, passing yards for Georgia over under 300. And I'm going to go over. Mm, I'm going to go under. Okay. Uh, Next up over to you over under two and a half rushing touchdowns for the Georgia offense. Over. Over. Agreed. Uh, and then over to me, over under 425 uh, yards of offense uh, for Georgia. Uh, I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm going to have to go over on that one. Okay. Over to you for the defense, over under two and a half sacks. Over. I'm also going to go over. Um, oh. And then on uh, over under 250 passing yards allowed. Um, I'm going to say under. I'm going to have to go under. Okay. Over to you, over under 13 and a half first half points for Georgia Tech. For Georgia Tech? Yeah. So this is on the Georgia defense. So 13 and a half points allowed in the first half, over under. 
coach this line. <laughs> We're averaging what 15, 17 points a game. I'm gonna go under. I'm also gonna go under. Um that's not okay. a good line, coach. Sorry. Okay. This one. <laughs> this one I love. Special this is the special teams over under. Over under 0.5 punt <laughs> returns allowed. <laughs> oh man. And this is where I was getting at earlier. Like you got Brett Thorson punting to Dominic Blaylock. Yeah, is maybe Blaylock Dominic gonna, is Blaylock gonna gonna wreck it for him. Hey, Blaylock he's, he's pitching a no hitter. <laughs> Blaylock is a former Georgia player. He may listen to my guy to podcast. He may know about these things, right? You know, he's he's trying to impact this. Um, I'm gonna stick with our guy, Mr. Thorson. I'm gonna say under. I gotta go with the thunder. I'm going under. Okay. Wow, that rhymed and everything. That was amazing. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> uh, all right, and then this is back back to uh, friend of the show, Tim Rallies. This kind of overlaps. Uh, for the miscellaneous, percent of red in Bobby Dodd Stadium at Mark Rick Field, over under 75%. I mean, at what point? Like, during the end, at the end of the game? Like, yeah, I'm going to go over. <laughs> at, max, at max capacity. At max, at max capacity. capacity? Oh, so you've had the clarifying statement? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's whatever. I guess, okay. Or ignore, <laughs> ignore what I said. Ignore what I said. <laughs> my, my answer is going to be over. Whatever. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to agree with you. Over. Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where if I disagreed, it would have been like super uh, tense. So like to avoid confrontation, I just agree with you. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. It comes down to the end of the season. It's, it's You win by one. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. All right. Shout out to Coach Chobill. Thank you as always for submitting and tracking those. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Love you, Coach. Likewise. All right. Let's get into the predictions. Um, let's get our kind of info we've got. So our friends at Chapel Bell Curve uh, and Dogquant with the CBCR to Sam has Georgia winning this one. 44.1 to 14.3. Uh, looking at Odd Shark, the spread is Georgia is favored by 24 points. Uh, quite a lofty spread. With an over under of 59 and a half, that gives an implied score of Georgia 41.75 to Georgia Tech 17.75. Uh, the odd track predicted score has Georgia 47, Tech 24.4. Uh, the college football nerds model has Georgia 41.2 to Georgia Tech 19.4. Um, the scoring impact that I do, um, let's see, Georgia Tech averages. Uh, 30.6 points on offense, and they give up 31 and a half points on defense. Uh, Georgia holds their point, opponents to 11.39 points under their scoring ad, average and scores 10.75 points more uh, than teams allow. So if you apply that, that gives you Georgia 42 to Georgia Tech 19 ish. So um, everything is heavily in the dog's favor here. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know, man. Like, the last again, three again, again, all all of the calculators are are in alignment, and we saw what how that worked out for us last time. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <clears throat> um, and the last three times we've played at Georgia Tech, I know we talked about uh, respect and fifty burgers and such. Twenty twenty one, although these were under um, the push up guy that went to Waffle House. Um, in twenty twenty one, we won there forty five to nothing. In 2019, we won there 52 to seven. Uh, and in 28, 2017, we won at Georgia Tech 38 to seven. So that was the, the lowest. Um, so I think that averages out to like 45 to five, roughly, roughly over the last time, last three times we've been there. Um, 
I'm going to go Georgia 45, Georgia Tech 13. Mm, I'm going to go 42 to 10. 42 to 10. Okay. Like it. All right. I do. I do like it. This is when I have to ask you, John. Huh? This is when I have to ask you. Are you going to go? You guys going to make it? Uh, so the wife, Lindsay, Lindsay has, uh, you know, she's got the photography situation. And um, this weekend, I have, she, she has, Rude, rude her decisions preseason. Um, somehow ended up with Santa pictures the week of Thanksgiving, which uh-huh. has positive has positive situations where you know, like there's a lot of families that are home and they've got family and all those things, and so nobody's traveling. So to a certain degree, so she's got a hundred. She's got a hundred families that are coming through for Santa wow. pictures at the at the studio on the square. Um, got it. Got it. Which I think she still actually has some availability if you are so one to want Santa pictures this weekend. Um, that's an option for you this morning or Saturday morning. This end of podcast banter is brought to you by Lindsay Pell. For <laughs> yes. Podcast banter <laughs> slash part of the the household is brought to you by Lindsay Pell. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. That's cool. But yeah, so she's she's got sessions this weekend. So had the game been at three thirty, I actually told her I was like, you know, I really would love to like take take the kids to this game because I mm-hmm. had a great experience last time with my father in law and Carter yeah. and Austin. Um, but the game being at seven thirty, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to I'm like we're we're not gonna go. So we'll okay. be watching we'll be watching at the house. If I have a nice fire going, it should be pretty chilly here in Atlanta. So I'm not going. Nice. Yeah. Same. I haven't been to a game at Georgia Tech since 2005. I think it was the last time I went. I will say, um, I will say, so, you know, fun fact that I didn't mention, but uh, I believe 1913, if I remember correctly from my research earlier, but 1913 was when uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium was basically built or um, Grant Field was basically built. So it's, I believe it's the oldest continuous in-use football stadium in the country hmm. um if i remember correctly um check my math on that but um but yeah uh, it's it's a really old stadium i actually really like going there I, I i enjoy going i enjoy going to the georgia tech stadium it feels like you're going to a really fancy high school stadium but um yeah. but it's nice like no i, I, I feel I like, like i feel like it's i feel like it's a great venue for for football because you know, I we were in the upper in the upper deck, like mm-hmm. in the in the upper deck at at Bobby Dodd Stadium, and we saw the Brock Bowers catch and scamper for touchdown live. Yeah, and yeah, when he it like was, it was a fantastic like, view when he like yeah. split the three guys or whatever. Yeah, when he split everybody, and then yeah. like you know, I don't know. I feel like everything. I feel like it's it's got to be one of the loosest places. And now, granted, I, I've only been there more recently when Georgia has been in the heavy, heavily favored category. Mm-hmm. Maybe I might feel a little bit different if I if it was like the 1800s or 1900s or whatever, like <laughs> when people were more angry, uh, when Georgia was not favored, and you know those things. But I would say that yeah. it's, it's a fairly positive experience. Uh, you know, uh, Hug Dog and I were talking earlier today. He's you know he was talking about where they were tailgating over, kind of by the um over by the varsity and then mm-hmm. he mentioned which i we we actually experienced this as well when i went last time 
there's a tunnel like there's a pedestrian tunnel that goes underneath the varsity and goes underneath the um, 85 uh, underneath the interstate there and, mm-hmm. and takes you straight into the stadium and I, I actually was like oh yeah I, I didn't realize that was there like that was that was something we kind of stumbled upon but um, it made for easy access into and you know egress and ingress out of the stadium or whatever yeah so uh, it's it's you know all things all things being equal it was it was a fairly positive experience at, at Georgia Tech so yeah yeah no, I, it's, worth. it's got nice sight lines like we said it's, it, it's going to be great at night you're going to see the Atlanta city skyline uh so if you're going definitely enjoy that um, yeah take pictures if you're if you're going yeah. to the game take pictures and tag us in in your photos and definitely tag us with all of the red yes tag us and use the official hashtag and use the official hashtag jim what's your reminder yeah. Yeah, reminder. Uh, yeah, so I, we're not going either. We'll be down at at Fripp, um, with so we're we're going to be there uh, with Fripp dog and Panda um, and my sister and family, um, brother in law, niece and are nephew. You, are you going to get? Are you going to get some authentic Panda's famous bean dip? That's a good question. I imagine we will. We're going to have uh, my brother in law uh, Greg's uh, famous smoked turkey on Thanksgiving. I'll Ooh. say that. Uh, so we're gonna do that on the big green egg. Is he smoking it there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we there's a we've got a big green egg there now. Um, so we'll smoke it on that. So yeah, Greg's a bit of a pit master. He's uh been able to teach me a lot of stuff on the egg actually. So I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So we'll do that. I will we'll probably do the bean dip on on the game day. Um, we'll have to do that. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, we'll most likely have the pandas authentic. Not maybe, not, maybe, not maybe my short version. Kids- Maybe make the kids make it. It worked out for us last I know. Time, That's true. Might have to have Ella make it. <laughs> Sorry, you got to make it from now on, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> we played really good. And the game really turned around once you made it. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, dude. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be down there. And uh, there's, there is a lot of football to watch this weekend. Um, you got college football Thanksgiving Day with the Egg Bowl at night. Um, yeah, I think JT JT mentioned this on uh, on the Twitters. Like that, basically at noon you could watch Michigan Ohio State, and then what's what's the game later in the day at three thirty? So, well, you got that. Okay, on well, so Egg Bowl is on Thanksgiving night, Auburn, like Auburn, on Auburn. Thanksgiving night. Right. On Saturday, yeah, you got Ohio State Michigan at noon. You got Alabama Auburn at three thirty. Um, then you got um, Florida Florida State at seven. Uh, and the dogs at seven thirty. So, mm. um, and there's games like you, you can watch football like all day uh, Friday too. By the way, uh, there's a bunch of uh Big Twelve games in, in Pac twelve. So, a lot of playoff implication uh games going on. Oregon Oregon State Friday night. Uh, it's gonna be a good one. So, hey man, Oregon State Oregon State made a game made a game against Washington. Maybe they can make a game against uh, Bo Nix and wreck his Heisman. Yeah. Hopes. Yeah. And the the big twelves like championship game race may not end until like late Saturday night. Um, because there's like a three way tie for second place right now. Um so like you got Texas is definitely in, but they could still finish second potentially. But Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State are all tied. <laughs> so oh. Big Twelve's crazy. Yeah. Can't relate, brother. Can't mm. relate. No, yeah, we've we've known for weeks. So <laughs> Um, so who, all right, so let's, let's run down, let's run down the big games. So who you got in the egg bowl? Egg bowl. I'm going to go with the fighting hunters. Uh, fighting hunters. Okay. Google miss. Yep. Yep. I've got fighting hunters in that game too. So what's the next big one? 
Oregon, Oregon State, Friday night, 8.30. Oregon, Oregon State. I'm going to go with Oregon State. Is it is it home or away? It is at Oregon. It's at Oregon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with Oregon. What is it? That one. Civil War? Isn't that, don't they call that Civil War? Call it Civil War. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go with Dan Lanning. I got to go with Dan Lanning. And Bo Nix, you know, he's he's really feeling it in this new offense. Uh, I agree. <laughs> this might be the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. He, he's actually like a legitimate Heisman candidate, by the way, at this point, apparently. Not just Dark Horse. Uh, then you got Ohio State, Michigan, noon, Saturday. Who you got in that one? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Michigan on that one. Really? I'm going to go Ohio State. Uh, Michigan finally falls with no Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. Wait, is it at, is it at Michigan? Is that it's Michigan? at Michigan. It's at Michigan. You're, you're, you're voting against Michigan. All right. So I'll give you, I'll give you my, my, my tip of the hand on that one. Um, one of the guys that dog stats follow, and I'm, I don't even, I, I'm not even going to, if you go and look at dog stats retweets, uh, there's a guy that dog stats follows that uh, basically tweeted out a, a graph that highlighted quarterback play, like, quarterback play i can't remember what the xy access was but basically like the the statistical category for it basically put uh jj mccarthy mm-hmm. as uh wait jj mccarthy that's his name right that's the, that's the quarterback or mccord yeah yeah isn't right. i don't even know because one of them one uh, of them michigan's quarterback was at the top end of the spectrum and ohio really? state's ohio state's quarterback it was basically Bo Nix and JJ, like whatever his name is. I thought it was JJ McCarthy, but whatever. Michigan's quarterback and Bo Nix were like overlapping each other in terms of like their their number their numbers. And guess who number three was? Carson Beck. Carson Beck. It is JJ McCarthy. By yeah, the way. you're right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Quorum is the running back. If that's what you're, yeah, but, whatever. But like, dude, Michigan, like they don't throw the ball. <laughs> like they hardly throw the ball. So I, yeah. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know. I, I I I don't know what to make of it either. But um, my money's on my money's on Michigan in the Big House. Okay, I'm gonna go Ohio State. Uh, does does the Iron Bowl count as a big game? Auburn just lost to New Mexico State. Dude, that game gets weird. John was talking about that, right? Like he was talking about how what, what happened last year. I can't remember what his tweet was. He he said something about last year's game, and they ended up making it closer than they all thought it was gonna be. Yeah. But like that's a weird game, man. Again, that's another one of those games that, like, you know, these games being played at the end of the season. I mean, Tech has wrecked our season a few times. We've wrecked their season. Like, it it, it can wreck everybody's season. Yeah, yeah. So, no, there's a lot of weirdness that can happen in those games when you get to a motivation between guys that are playing for pride. Right. No, agreed. I I don't I don't see Bama falling though. I, I don't think see they'll... Bama falling either. Um, and then I guess you got, I mean, Florida, Florida state is actually interesting because Florida state's playing. I mean, well, I guess neither team has a starting quarterback. Um, but Florida state, you know, Travis Jordan out for the season, um, <clears throat> college career ending injury, um, which is stinks, but, uh, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. right. It's a much bigger game than it, than it would have been. It's kind of like, can Florida state hang on to, to limp into the playoff? I think they will. I, I, I don't see them. I still think they will be Florida. Um, is that a home and away situation? It's at Florida. Yeah. It could, it could get interesting. That's the one I feel like everybody should be probably watching because in my opinion, that has the best case for a, an upset that would completely throw a wrench into the CFP because they're ranked number yeah. four right now in the CFP, right? Yeah, they're fourth. And you they're and I fourth. were talking about this earlier this week that uh, – you know, Texas is out there just waiting for someone to make a mistake, right? 
Right. Yeah. Texas, Washington at five, which which Washington has the Apple Cup uh, four o'clock on Saturday on Fox. Uh, it's at Washington, though. So and I don't Washington State's not too good this year. So uh, I'm going to go with the Huskies there. Um, I think they don't you don't you have inside family sources on that game? I mean, kind of. Kim's dad went to Washington and her uncle, uh, her mom's brother, went to Washington State. Um Ooh. They don't follow football the same way we do. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I was hoping for some inside sources. Like, is that a game that just gets out of hand sometimes? No, uh, dude, I, I'll be like, when they're playing, I, I'm like, hey, Kim, you think your dad's watching this game? She's like, no. <laughs> it's not the same. Not the same. It's not, not, the same. not like the Southeast. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'll I'll go with the Huskies. That. If it was at Washington State, I would say maybe something weird, but I'll go with, I'll go with Washington to hang on. I selfishly I'll be rooting for the Cougars on that one just because I want to see Washington fail at everything. <laughs> um, the bizarro dogs. Yeah. Because like, yeah, we, we have, we have rooting interest in this game. You as you, you dear Georgia fan have rooting interest in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happens at the end of the season. Like, let's say, let's just say like in some bizarro, like alternate dimension, Washington wins the national championship. Do they then get to have the go dogs with a logo on Twitter? They do because they were so mad at us because they said that we stole. And it's like, guys, come on. <laughs> no. Remember no, that sir. was a big like outrage from Washington yeah, fans. Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. does why does my go dogs hashtag have a G? It's like huh? we we as Georgia fans, I I'm, I'm, mm. I have no idea in the authenticity of this of this theory, but if if for some reason we lose the hashtag, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> uh, uh yeah. Yeah. Um Okay, fair. Although I'm not, I'm not too worried if they get in the playoff personally. But I'm not too worried either. But it is what it is. Them's mm. the apples, Jim. True, true, true. All right, man. Well, another edition to Clean Old Fashioned Hate Saturday. Uh, hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Hope everyone listening to us sit around and chat about the dogs uh, throughout the season has a great Thanksgiving as well. Uh, get to spend some good quality family time and. Uh, Enjoy uh, clean old fashioned hate on Saturday as well. Yeah, happy happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And you know, clean old fashioned hate is not limited to the Georgia Georgia Tech game. Yeah, I'm sure that everybody has their family their family situations. <laughs> 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 so cheers, cheers um, to you guys, and and go dogs, <laughs> go dogs. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.